Our second reading today comes from the book of Deuteronomy. You'll hear some familiar words that Jesus just said as I read them to you now. We'll be reading from two different sections of Deuteronomy, starting in chapter 5 and then going to chapter 6. Moses convened all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain of the fire. And at that time I was standing between the Lord and you to declare to you the words of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing children for the iniquity of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is to, as a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any other livestock or the resident alien in your town, so that your male and female slaves may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, so that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit, neither shall you commit adultery, neither shall you steal. Neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor. Neither shall you covet your neighbor's wife. Neither shall you covet desire your neighbor's house or field or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We continue in chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children, and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Would you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks that you have gathered us in this place by your Spirit, and that in the singing of songs of praise to your name and hearing your word, your word read to us and proclaimed, that your Spirit is moving among us, opening our ears, softening our hearts, and transforming us by being in your presence in this place. Take all that we say, all that we hear, in spite of me or through me, and let us be transformed so that our lives may be transformed and others may ask from where we get our joy, our freedom, and our peace. Amen. The Ten Commandments. Every few months, six months, every year, maybe every couple of years, the Ten Commandments make their way into the news. Somebody somewhere wants to post the Ten Commandments somewhere public. There's this idea, I think, that if we post them publicly for people to see, then somehow through simply reading them up on a wall, if they pay attention to them at all, or, or somehow being in the presence, the, 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 the thing that the Ten Commandments is trying to make us do and try to turn us into will just happen. The problem is we know that Scripture doesn't work this way. You can have a Bible up on a shelf. You can take that Bible from the shelf and even open it. You can even read that Bible, but unless you try to live it out, unless you intentionally try to make it, have it make sense and say, God, what do you want me to do today? Unless you're intentional about it, it simply won't do anything. It's like if I posted a recipe for a chocolate souffle on my kitchen counter and left it there, I would magically know how to make it just by having it on the counter. I've made one. It didn't go well. It wasn't so bad. I was raising chickens, had a ton of eggs, decided to try a chocolate souffle. It collapsed. It didn't work. I don't think I ever tried again. I need to do that sometime. But it wasn't enough just to have the recipe in front of me. It wasn't enough to try that one time to make it. I didn't become an expert in making that particular recipe just because I had written the, the recipe on a card and even tried it out once. Reading the scripture and living out what God is trying to do through these Ten Commandments takes intentionality, takes practice, takes time. We don't get it right all of the time. Rarely do we get it right most of the time. And yet, God is patient with us. There's that line in today's passage where it says he will visit the iniquities of the parents on the children up to four generations. We don't like hearing that, and I get it. Why would God punish children for what their parents have done? It makes us uncomfortable. It should. But the very next line is he will be patient and merciful to the thousandth generation of those who love him. So each and every one of us, I can guarantee, have a little bit of both in our past. We have people in our past and in in generations before who both rejected God and who proclaimed him. And so here we are in the middle, stuck in the in-between, dealing with what our ancestors have done and left undone, 
but trusting in God's mercy to carry through the from the things that they have done in his name. And so we have a God who is merciful and patient to the thousandth generation. But we will feel the effects of what has happened before us. We f- still feel the effects in the church today of the decisions that were made one or two generations ago. We still feel the effects in our country of decisions and ways of acting that were counter to God's will that were made three, four generations ago. We still experience these things as a society and they still impact us. And yet we turn to God's mercy to the thousandth generation because that's all we have to rely on. That's all that we can cling to. We can't change the path. We can make amends. We can transform. We can change ourselves and how we live out the past. But the only thing we can do is cling to the mercy that God gives and move forward in praising God's name. But if we go back to these Ten Commandments, in the very beginning, Moses says something extremely powerful that we might miss if you didn't follow the story from last week's passage to this one, because we jumped really, really far, did we not? We thought a one-chapter jump between Moses being born and Moses being talking to the burning God at the burning bush was a big jump. We jumped all the way from God talking to Moses in the burning bush all the way forward through the freedom of the Israelites from Pharaoh, through the crossing of the Red Sea, through the wandering of the desert, through the giving of the first Ten Commandments, the first time, which the people didn't quite get right. Then we get to the point where God's ready to send the people into the promised land. And they say, go and conquer the people and this land will be yours. And they're afraid. They're not quite ready to trust in God. And because of that, the people who had received the Ten Commandments, who had been freed from Israel, who were about to enter the promised land, they were forced to wander the wilderness for 40 years so that all of them, everyone who was at that mountain, everyone who had experienced God's transformation but responded in fear, had died. Moses was left, one or two other people, but generation, that generation had moved on. And so the scripture tells us this, and immediate, Moses immediately says in the beginning of this passage that remember it is God who gave you yourselves, not your ancestors, his commands and what he expects of you. He gave it to you. So how do we reconcile these two things that scripture tells us that everybody who was alive at the time that the Ten Commandments and the law was given had died and, and they wandered in the wilderness as that happened? to Moses saying, God gave this to you. I believe as a Christian, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of interpreting this, but as the way I do from a Christian perspective is that this is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, that God is speaking these things to us now, even as we live, even as we uh, seek to live out who God wants us to be in our lives and in how we treat people, and how we grow, and how we move out into the world, and especially in how we treat those who do not yet know him. 
that God's Spirit is speaking to each and every one of us, even now. This isn't something that God had put to stone tablets and put to paper so long ago, and now we're just hearing it for second hand, third hand, fourth hand, tenth hand from passed down to us. That it is even now that God's Spirit is speaking to you. And he is placing this in your heart. And the words that he gives define not only who God is and what God has done, but a freedom that comes from that. And it's really odd, I'm sure, to hear talking about the Ten Commandments and referring them to, as freedoms. Because in our culture, in our society, when we talk about freedom, it's the ability to do whatever we want, whenever we want, without anybody telling us otherwise. And here we have God's commandments, God's rules, God's law telling us what we cannot do. But God is setting this up. God is setting himself up against where the Israelites came from. He says, remember, I am the God who brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I am the God who rescued you and brought you forth, met you at the mountain, and brought you to the wilderness and through the wilderness to the other side. And I am the God that will be with you as you move into this, this, this land this blessing and promise. So God has defined himself in terms of what he has done and the oppression and the, 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 the evil that was being done to them in Egypt, where they had no freedoms, they had laws, they had decrees of what they could and could not do. We talked last week how, how Pharaoh had tried to kill every male baby born and have every male child born killed. And this is what God brings his people out of. But he sets these conditions on what they should do and how they should live in this new land. And we read today when he lays those things out. Worship only God. There's a lot of things that compete for our attention, compete for our worship, there's a lot of ways that we forget who God is and what God has done. And it's so, so easy if we're not intentional about remembering. If we're not intentional about remembering what God has done, not only in this distant past, but in the church's past and in our past and what God is doing now, we forget who God said he is. And our lives begin to go astray. Don't make graven images. Don't, don't find ways of worshiping uh, something of creation that won't last and placing it in a primary position above God. Honor the Sabbath. Remember, they came from a place, and the Scripture reminds us, they came from that place of where, where Pharaoh was using forced labor. He was using forced labor to both control the population and control their destiny so that they wouldn't revolt. And he's reminding them that you have been freed to rest. You do not have to work seven days a week from sunup to sundown. I am giving you Sabbath. But not only you, but all those who work for you. Not only them, but the resident aliens that live in your midst. God is telling us 
that it doesn't rest all entirely on our work and our efforts to the point that if we stop, everything will fall apart. God is telling us that it's not all about the working and the doing, but also the resting. There is something built into this. There is something so profound to say that there is intentionally built into creation, built into the rescue of the Israelites from slavery, that God has ordained rest and has placed it in this group of ten laws, ten commandments, ten ways of living in this world that leads to freedom and life. Each one of these we can look and say, well, this is how you used to have to live when you were in Egypt. This is how you can choose to live now. And if you do so, it brings blessing. And if you don't, it doesn't. And these first four are all about how we relate to God, how we worship, how we grow. And then it transitions into how we relate to one another. Do not lie, do not steal, do not cheat, do not cover your neighbor's possessions, do not cover your neighbor's wife, do not cover your neighbor's donkey. That's one I get pretty well because I really don't want to own a donkey. Some of them are easy. But these are how we relate to one another, that it's not about what we want. It's not always about our desires. It's not always about what we want to cling on to and claim for ourselves. It's an invitation to live in relationship with others. And these things are summarized in the sixth chapter that we read, the second Deuteronomy passage, and then proclaimed by Jesus in the passage in Mark. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two great commandments. This is how you live out God's call. This is how you live out God's commands. This is how you live out of the freedom from sin and slavery and death, and you live into life. It's those guide rails that I've talked about before, that if we don't have guide rails, if we don't know where God wants us to go, but he's placed these guide rails so that we don't go too far off the path that stay between these places, find the way to live your life, find the way to live what God wants you to do, doing so within the guide rails of loving God and loving neighbor. But I started today by saying this takes time and work and intentionality. Having the laws on a wall, having the Bible on your shelf, even having the Bible open on your kitchen even if you read it every day, if you're not trying to live it out, it really won't have an effect. We see this when Moses commands the people to tell one another the stories, share the laws with one another, what, share them with your children, talk about them when you are out and about in the world, and talk about them when you are at home alone. Affix them into your mind and in your heart. And then the last thing, once you've done all of those things that really make a difference, put them up as a signpost in your homes. 
put them on your doorpost. And there are a lot of Jews today that do place the Ten Commandments in a scroll on the outside of their homes, on necklaces, on headpieces. But you can't just do that without the relationship building and the sharpening of iron against iron, of talking about these things, sharing them with your children, and really growing from doing that. So this is why I would love for all of you to be in a small group. This is why I would love for all of you to uh, be a part of something where you are talking about the scripture, you are reading them together, and you are growing together. Talk about current events. Goodness knows things are pretty bad right now. I mean, we pray for Israel and Palestine right now. We pray for peace. We have no idea where that's going to go and how that's going to wind up. And so we pray. But when we gather and read the scripture, when we gather to grow together, when we gather to talk about current events, we should always be asking, how does God want me to live in this? How does the Bible shape how I interpret this, what it means for me, for the world, and how do I grow? And we do this together so that we can check one another's uh, biases, check one another's understandings, and grow together. We live out our faith by wrestling with the Scripture. We live out our faith simply not by posting it or reading it on Sunday morning, by struggling with it and growing together. And we do so because we have been freed from all of the things that would keep us from God and all the ways that would distract us and all the, the powers of this world that would seek uh, death and destruction. And we've been invited to use that freedom to live out the calling of God. The question for each of us is if we're going to do it. Do we want to grow more in love with God and grow more in love with those around us? Do we want to follow Christ more closely? And I wholeheartedly pray that the answer is yes, because that's ultimately what we're here to do, as Jesus summarized in today's passage. Do you want to do it? Or are you content? Only you can answer that question. As you leave these place after our worship is concluded and there's coffee there, there there's a new flavor of coffee, so you uh, um, might need to make sure that you get some or make more if you run out, but that's something you can talk about around the tables. What am I looking for? What does God want from me? How am I living out the, the not only the Ten Commandments, but that commandment to to talk about the scripture, to wrestle with it, both in the home and outside of it, passing it on to the next generation. What am I doing? And what can I do more? How can I live out that freedom? Amen.